Scott Chance in for Jill Bennett, and let's talk about psychostimulants. My guest is Dr. Scott McDonald. He's a physician at Providence Healthcare's Crosstown Clinic, and he co-authored a new article where there's discussion around using prescription stimulants as a means of harm reduction. So let's start just with with that, Dr. McDonald. First of all, thank you so much for being with me. What is a psychostimulant? Well, there's a a number of medications, including dextrogen, uh, Vyvanse, and methylphenidate or Ritalin. Uh, They work as stimulants, and they're approved for Canada use for treatment of ADHD, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. And there's now emerging evidence, and we are using it here at this clinic, uh, to uh, allow people who are using illegal street stimulants, uh, an alternative, a pharmaceutical alternative, that uh, will allow them to get control of their lives, separate from the street supply. Wow. Um, yeah, please continue. A, an additional uh, care option, if you would. And we know that illegal stimulant use is rising in Canada. It's associated with substantial morbidity and mortality. Uh, we need more options, and uh, there are uh, there are options emerging, evidence emerging, and uh, we're calling for expansion uh, and implementation of psychostimulant prescribing for people uh, who are using uh, street stimulants. Okay, so this is it, like the idea here is to use it for um, people with opioid addiction, that type of thing. Uh, well, if people are using opioids and stimulants, and absolutely, because we know that stimulant use is a predictor that people will be less well engaged in care. Uh, but for people that are using uh, stimulants alone, uh, this uh, is an option. Uh, and it's been uh, used in British Columbia and a number of jurisdictions in Canada off-label, uh, but uh, more, uh, more use uh, in a number of uh, European jurisdictions, particularly Sweden. Okay. Can you explain how it works? Like if someone comes into your clinic and um, like, what would that look like when someone comes into your clinic and you would begin this process of uh, diagnosing and prescribing them? We've been prescribing since 2016. So uh, we're going on seven, eight years uh, of experience. That was based on a a, a Dutch uh, clinical trial with uh, evidence in the Netherlands. So we would take somebody who's using... uh, 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 opioid coming to the clinic daily for uh, opioid uh, maintenance treat- treatment uh, and uh, because they're using stimulants we will add in uh, uh, typically dextrogen but it could be any of those other medications uh, we, uh, we you require robust dosing to re- replace or maintain what the people are using on the street uh, and uh, with that pharmaceutical option, many of our patients report that they're able to separate from the street supply. And we've seen patients uh, uh, move on in the care continuum, uh, some of whom able to work, care for their families, and some uh, dramatic transformations with access to prescribed psychosomatics. Right. Yeah. So then the question becomes, you know, whatever gets prescribed to to treat these patients, uh, is then there like a weaning process or we just sort of continue that as this is just like a necessary medication that, you know, you would you would need to take every day going forward? Well, I think that's a good question. I, I've certainly seen many patients use this uh, as a, tra- a transition tool uh, to reduce their street use and then move along the continuum of care. Uh, I think potentially it could be a, a maintenance uh, option just like uh, uh, methadone or suboxone, similar to how we manage opioid use disorder. 
but uh, that's uh, uh, that's not yet uh, routine care, but there is that potential. Sure, yeah. Um, what do you think that people sort of misunderstand about these type of treatments where we use things like, um, I don't want to call this like an alternative uh, medication, but where we use things like this um, to, to treat other, other illnesses. Uh, what do you think people misunderstand about things like this? Well, it's just another tool in the toolkit, an option for managing severe opioid use dis- disorder uh, or uh, that severe stimulant use disorder, people that are using using stimulants. Uh, and uh, But it's just a chronic disease, just like diabetes or high blood pressure. Uh, people need something to get them into care, manage their care. Uh, and uh, we've seen... We've seen benefit in a small, uh, the small number of folks that we have here. Uh, but given that emerging evidence, uh, I think it's time to consider e- expansion of, of prescribing of psychostimulants. It is such a huge problem in Canada. There is growing use. And if people have access to care, if we get people into care, they can, they can just get healthier. And with street stimulants, psychosis is common. Uh, with prescribed stimulants, it's it's rare, and the Swedish uh, uh, cohort, the Swedish study, suggested it's protective. Uh, prescribing a psychostimulant can reduce hospitalizations and, and reduce mortality. Yeah, and I like I I'm so interested in this conversation because, especially here in BC, this is an issue, and you know we need to figure out alternative ways to to combat it and to treat people and to you know fi- find things that work um what sort of roadblocks are you experiencing in terms of getting this more accepted and more widespread as a treatment option well uh, i think the, the fact that it's an off-label use uh I, i'm not saying we need more uh, a randomized controlled trial but but we need uh, implementation studies uh, uh, guidance uh, documents and, and, and protocols so that uh, family doctors nurse practitioners clinicians that are that are seeing people who are using street illegal stimulants on, on a daily basis are given uh, some guidance and how to begin prescribing and then that needs to be evaluated but but it's it, it doesn't need to be a a, a randomized controlled trial. It needs to be an implementation study. Hmm, that, yeah. That. So what's your hope for, you know, sort of the next five years? I, I mean, I have no idea what a timeline on something like this even looks like, but is the hope to get this to, to that place where it's widely used, widely prescribed, and, and we're using it as like a very common uh, treatment and, and, and it actually making a huge difference in people's lives? Well, I, I, that's a very op- uh uh, optimistic statement. Okay, uh, I, I am just hopeful that this will generate some uh, discussion, uh, that people will understand that there, there are clinical tools and pharmaceutical alternatives uh, available. Uh, and my hope is that centers that write uh, guidance document and do this kind of uh, implementation work uh, uh, will uh, uh, create guidance and protocols so that uh, clinicians can start using these tools. 